Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I wore my red tie today, which isn't hard to find in my closet because there aren't many ties. Uh, but uh, the reason I wore red is because today is Reformation Sunday, and uh, red is the color, the liturgical color for Reformation Sunday in the Lutheran Church, and that's my background in the Lutheran Church. And um, Reformation Sunday is a big day, not only for Lutherans, but for everyone of the Christian faith, because that's the day that Martin Luther made a stand uh, when he nailed his 95 Theses against the teachings of indulgences to the Castle Church door in Wittenberg. And, uh, and his whole purpose in that was to bring the body of Christ back to the truth of the scripture, which is salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone. And so today we remember that. That was a big deal, and it is a big deal for all of us. And Martin Luther um, was really at the time considered a big troublemaker in the body of Christ. But he wasn't the biggest troublemaker. We're going to talk about the biggest troublemaker today. Because Jesus is such a troublemaker sometimes. Um, I know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he comes to show us and give us the love of the Father. But if you're living apart from Jesus, or if there's an area of your life where sin has a hold on you, Jesus is not always that comforting, is he? He's not. Um, you may have experienced this phenomenon during stewardship week. Our month, rather. The last few sermons have been about stewardship. And Jesus can be quite a troublemaker during stewardship month, if you think about it. And, um, but if you're giving of yourself freely, yourself, your time, and your possessions, you maybe experience the peace of Jesus during stewardship month. But if you're not, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there are two little words that can cause so much trouble in the hearts of people during stewardship month. Do you know what they are? 10%. 10%, those are the two little words that cause trouble. And for some, when these words are spoken, Jesus becomes kind of a meddler, you know? Jesus is getting in their business. And, uh, and he can move quickly from the Prince of Peace to the Prince of Discomfort in your life then. Um, but tithing or stewardship is just one example about how Jesus can cause us discomfort at times. Anytime his word speaks to an area of our life where we're not following him, Jesus is a troublemaker for us. And over the last few chapters of Matthew, this scripture that was just read, the, the gospel lesson was Matthew 22. Uh, over the last few uh, chapters in, in Matthew, Jesus is a troublemaker to the religious leaders of Israel. He causes trouble for him. Over the years, the religious leaders had moved from a people called to love God and neighbor and to proclaim that to the people around them. Uh, they had moved from that to becoming um, kind of a, a self-righteous uh, uh, preachers of legalism 
and rules and regulations. And instead of love of neighbor and love of God, they focused on their own ability to earn God's favor through keeping the law. And people who live that way, those strict legalists like that, they don't only do it for themselves, but they always have to hold everyone else accountable to their own unreasonable standard. And that causes discomfort for people. Um, and it led the religious leaders away from faith and love of God into self-serving, self-righteous legalism. And uh, over the last two chapters, here's some of the ways that Jesus causes trouble for them to the religious leaders. In uh, chapter 21, verse 31, he tells them because of the way they're teaching that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are getting into heaven before they are. Jesus was meddling with them, wasn't he? And then in 22, verse 29, he told them that they neither knew the scriptures or the power of God. And these are the religious leaders. He's telling them this. And then in the next chapter, chapter 23, listen to these things that Jesus says about the religious leaders. He doesn't say it about them. He says it to them. He called them hypocrites. He called them blind guides. He called them whitewashed tombs. He said, you look all pretty on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. So Jesus laid it on the line and became a troublemaker for the religious leaders of Israel. And I'm sure that there was a lot of discomfort in their lives that was going along with that. Uh, and so when Jesus causes you discomfort, as he was causing the religious leaders, you have to look for a way to find relief from that discomfort. And their solution, instead of turning their hearts to Jesus and asking him for help, what they did was try to discredit him. Um, and they thought that they would use a series of trick questions to discredit Jesus. Uh, the first one was, was this, and you can almost see the religious leaders sitting around uh, Jesus and asking him the questions. It's like, Jesus, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? They asked him, thinking, ah, we'll get him with this one, but they didn't. And then they ask him this one. This is my favorite one. They ask him to try and trip him up because it's so ridiculous. But they ask him, if a woman's husband dies and then she marries the brother and he dies and then he dies and he marries the next brother and he dies and she marries the next brother and he went on and on until he, he had seven times there. Uh, and uh, says, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? They thought, ah, oh, we got him now, right? We got him now. And the idea uh, was to trip him up and discredit him as a teacher or prove by his, uh, by his uh, failure to answer the, the questions correctly that they could prove that he wasn't the Messiah. And then if they discredited him, they could go on living the way that they chose with no guilt or discomfort. They could go on trying to control the people into following their laws as opposed to setting the people free by teaching them about the love of God and the forgiveness of sins. So the scheme of the religious leaders to discredit Jesus doesn't stop with the scribes and the Pharisees because that kind of thing still continues today. Um, so think about this. If the truth of the scripture makes you uncomfortable, 
then that's what we do sometimes. We try to discredit it. I, like I heard a religious leader one time saying on a national news talk show, this religious leader was on there. This was a few years ago. You probably remember the time anyway. Um, this religious leader said this. I don't see how you can take texts that were written over 2,000 years ago and apply them to 21st century complex issues such as human sexuality. And I was like, what? I mean, because if you think about it, this religious leader who was a national religious leader, he just threw out the whole Bible, right? He said, yeah, that didn't really apply now. Life's so much more complicated now than it was back then, right? And so you can't really apply that. You know, but the, he wasn't the only one who does that. I mean, we do it too. What about when we say, I know the Bible says 10%, but that wasn't really about today. I mean, that was, you got to look at the context that that was written in. That's what people always say when they want to get out of obeying the scripture, right? You got to look at the context, right? You got to take the whole picture. And, uh, and so, uh, so people say that about tithing, but then they also say it about things like gossiping. You know, I know the Bible says don't gossip, but I, let me just tell you this one thing, right? I mean, it's like, this is a story that has to be told. And, uh, um, and, uh, and you know, and so I'm going to tell it because, you know, at the time, times were different back then. It doesn't really apply to today. You know, the idea of discrediting uh, the truth of the scripture or denying it, or trying to change it, the, the truth of Jesus, uh, to relieve our discomfort about it, uh, didn't work for the Pharisees. It doesn't work for us anymore either. I mean, that just doesn't work because the truth is the truth. If it was the truth when it was said, it's the truth now. And the truth is who? It's Jesus, right? Jesus is the truth. I am the way and the truth and the life. So you can't change the truth the truth is there to change us. It's there to change us. Um, so if you're experiencing the discomfort that the truth of Jesus can bring, how do you find relief? Uh, the answer, come to Jesus. He'll help you. He'll help you with the relief because he never calls us to do something that he doesn't give us the power to carry out. Um, I have to tell you this story. I left it out of the first uh, uh, the first uh, service this morning, and as soon as I sat down, I told Carrie, ah, I forgot that story. Uh, so this story is about a friend of mine who came to me one time, and he had this particular sin going on in his life. I mean, like I don't, I mean, I do too, but this is one he came to me and talked to me about. And, um, and he was convinced in his mind that if he... But the first thing is that his, he was bothered by Jesus about this sin. He felt guilty about it, but he didn't want to quit it because he thought this is just the way that I'm supposed to be. This is this thing I love and Jesus is coming telling me not to be this way. So how am I ever going to find relief? He was convinced in his mind that if he went Jesus's way, he was going to be miserable the rest of his life. And so he could either continue in his sin or lead a life of misery. And so he said, what am I supposed to do? And I said, have you thought about who Jesus is? I remember as we sat down that day and, and I said, Jesus, 
the reason he's not telling you to give up this sin so that you'll be miserable. He's telling you to give up the sin and calling you to do it, obviously, because he wants you to be free. He wants you to be free of that sin and free of this torment that's eating you up every day. And he not only is calling you to give it up, but if you'll just surrender and say, Lord, I've tried it, I can't, but if you would just please help me, I would really be grateful. And when he did that, he started getting free. And it was a process, but today, by the grace of God, he's free, and he's also preaching the gospel today and telling people about his freedom that he found in Christ. You know, uh, if you're experiencing the discomfort of knowing that you're, the way you're living is not what Jesus wants of you, would you consider Jesus to help you? Like Jesus asked the Pharisees, what do you think about the Messiah? That's what he's doing, right? He's saying, have you thought about me? What do you think about me? If you've tried to change, but you can't get your life under control, would you think about Jesus? If you're looking for ways to discredit uh, or find loopholes in the scripture, and that's not helping you, and you feel guilty, what do you think about Jesus? Go to Jesus for the help. Jesus doesn't bring us discomfort just for the sake of making us uncomfortable. He's not just looking to take all the fun out of life. Jesus calls sin, sin in our lives because he knows those are the things that wreck us. Those are the things that ruin our lives. And he wants us to be free from that, free to live a full and abundant life. That's what he wants for us, not to make us miserable, but to give us an abundant life in him. So, um, so that we'll turn to him for the source of our comfort and we'll turn to him for help and healing and relief. You know, Jesus has overcome sin. He's overcome death. He's overcome the power of the devil. He's ready, willing, and able to overcome whatever's going on in your life today that's causing you guilt or trouble. So if you're looking for answers for your own life today, the answer is found in this question that Jesus asked. What do you think about the Christ? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.